You're listening to the Bold Face Truth Podcast, episode 430. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at amygreensmith.com slash EP430. There. Check you out listening to self-help pods and working on yourself. Fuck yeah. Quick question. You know those situations where your boss asks you to take on one more thing or your partner asks what's bothering you and you respond with a bold-faced lie? Oops. What would shift for you if you actually started telling the bold-faced truth? Everything. Listen, if you struggle with people-pleasing, perfectionism, and you could use some help with boundaries or speaking up, you are in the right place. Thank God. I am Amy Green-Smith. I'm a certified and credentialed life coach, hypnotherapist, and keynote speaker. Fancy. And I've been working in the personal development space since the mid-2000s. Vintage. Sometimes I'll be solo, other times you'll hear from smart folks offering you easy-to-implement tools to help you tell the bold-faced truth. Yes! Hey, hey, everyone. Amy here, and it is time to do a deep dive into communication styles. And this is something that I thought would be a really great topic for us to cover considering last week's episode where we had Dr. Shamala Kairu on the show, where we talked about how emotional intelligence can really impact either for the the better or for the worse, how we communicate with other people. So I thought it would be a good idea for us to look at what the four major communication styles are. Now, before I jump into all of this, I want to say that I'm pretty sure this is going to be a part one. As I started digging into this, I went, gosh, there is just so much that I want to cover with you all that I think we're going to also need to make it a part two. Because there are four of them, I think that that could be a little bit of an information overload. So let's just start with the first two and see how we go. A couple things to know off the bat around communication styles. First of all, they are not necessarily something that you will embody all the time, every single time you will communicate. So there are four basic communication styles. You've probably heard them in some way before. I'm going to talk a little bit about sort of a new moniker that I've assigned to all four of them. They are passive, aggressive, passive aggressive, and assertive. And it might seem kind of like a no-brainer, as in I know what passive communication is. It's basically none. (laughs) It's no communication. Okay, aggressive, that's pretty much just fucking mean, right? But I think that there are nuances to all of these things, and I also think that you are going to see yourself communicate with different styles depending on who you are engaging with. So you might be extremely passive-aggressive with your partner, and you might be extremely passive with your boss. Right. So there might be things like that. Or maybe you're very assertive with your best friends because you feel incredibly safe. So we're going to dig into all of those. But I do think that there's this very real thing that, that happens in personal development 
where we really get sucked into the label. In fact, I think I talked about this with Sarah Jane Case when we were talking about Enneagram and how we get so attached to, oh my gosh, I'm a four or I'm a one or in human design, I'm a projector or I'm a Taurus or I'm a, you know, I'm an attachment style that is anxious. And we start getting so bogged down by our label that we forget to see who we are outside of that. So my goal for you in this two-parter is for you to pay attention to the places that you might need to grow and to look for the nuance. And for each of these communication styles, we're going to talk about what might be the next step for you if that's how you communicate and what's the next step if you're dealing with somebody who communicates in that fashion. So start paying attention to not just saying, I'm always passive or I'm always passive aggressive, but, oh, I'm noticing that I'm actually really assertive with my children, or I notice that I'm a much more assertive than I thought that I was, or I can see why I'm passive or passive aggressive with my family of origin, or I can understand why I'm aggressive with my best friend, or whatever it might be, so that we can start changing those things and having much more powerful communication. Now, if you did not catch the last couple of episodes, I highly suggest that you do so. In episode 428, I actually did a hypnosis meditation for all of you that's a completely free download in addition to the episode. But I talk about how emotional intelligence has so much connection to that communication. And that is also what Dr. Shamala talked to us about in episode 429. So I really don't want you to stop at noticing these differences. I want you to start looking at what are some of the emotional elements that I need to address to have a more thoughtful exchange with the people in my life. Okay, so four basic types, passive, aggressive, passive aggressive, and assertive. Now, it's likely that you will have a a more dominant style, but we are going to be dancing around all of them, again, dependent on the relationship. And all of them are a spectrum. So when we get into, let's say, aggressive, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are a raging bitch with massive control issues and you are just acrimonious around every turn, it might mean that there's just not much compassion or softness or empathy to how you're communicating with somebody. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're violent or anything like that. It can be. It absolutely can be. So just know that there's a spectrum and that we will likely have varying degrees of all of these, okay? So let's dive in and talk about passive communication styles. Now, this is what I like to call the people pleasers. Now, there are many of you out there who may not really resonate with the moniker of a people pleaser. And I want you to expand your thought around this. I think a lot of times we associate somebody who is a people pleaser as being really meek or mild-mannered or really shy, never speaks up, and maybe has sort of a deflated posture. And that is not how I describe people pleasing. 
Because you can be extremely loud and gregarious and extroverted and still be so fucking heavily invested in what other people think that you sell yourself short, you hide your particular truth, and you constantly make sure that everyone else is okay with you, is happy with you. So the way that I think about that people-pleasing characteristic, and we'll talk about how that communi- how that transfers to your communication style, is really any time that you are consistently placing so much investment in the opinions of other people, so much so that you sacrifice self. I do think that there's times when we do give a shit about what other people think, and we are invested, like our partner or our family or our boss. Of course, we're going to be invested. But do we choose behaviors that actually sacrifice our own happiness? And so what that might look like is not saying, hey, boss, I'm so incredibly overloaded at work. I cannot imagine taking on one more thing. So instead, a passive communication style may perhaps just never say anything at all, okay? So here are some commonalities of those who employ a passive communication style. And actually, before I share all of that, I want to mention the couple of sources that I used that I thought were brilliant in breaking down some of these concepts that we're talking about today. So one of them was from Alvernia University, and it was an article around four types of communication styles. We will link to that in the show notes. And there was also a BetterHelp article about what to do when you recognize passive or passive-aggressive behavior in yourself or others. And BetterHelp is a sponsor of the show. I'm a huge fan of their platform and what they are doing. So we'll be sure to put those two links into the show notes for you all. I always want to give credit where credit is due. Okay, jumping back to some passive communication qualities. Oftentimes, this person will fail to express their feelings about things, their emotions, their needs, and can sometimes allow others to express it for them. So that might sound like somebody saying, oh, she always feels this way, or Amy would prefer this. It's somebody kind of acting as a proxy and oftentimes may get it wrong. Sometimes this communication style will build up significant amount of resentment because of the things that are left unsaid. Every once in a while, once in a great while, I should say, this communication style might have a grand eruption. All of the things that have been suppressed and swept under the rug or not dealt with come out in a massive flurry, okay? And oftentimes, this communication style will buy into some bullshit social idioms that we have had running around our society for probably centuries. But the idea of I don't want to 
open up a can of worms. I want to keep the peace. I don't want to rock the boat. Let's just sweep it under the rug. No use crying over spilled milk, right? This idea that don't feel your feelings or express what's going on for you. So we have all of these ways that society has kind of said, hey, it's much more noble for you to keep the peace than to actually express what the fuck is going on with you, right? And all of that does come back to a worthiness element. You've probably heard me say this before, but the more you silence yourself, the more you cement a subconscious narrative in your mind that everyone else's wants, opinions, and needs are more important than your own. That translates to I'm not good enough. I don't matter as much. I'm not deserving of the things that I want in my life. And possibly even I'm not lovable. So it's all of those things that we want to work on, right? Around that worthiness, that enoughness, however you would define that moniker. So we get lost in these old ideas that everybody else needs to be ahead of ourselves at all costs. And that cost ends up being our self-worth. So I don't advocate for speaking up for yourself just for the fuck of it as some basic personal development task, some sort of arbitrary personal development task for you to do. It's because your self-worth literally depends on it. Okay. Another thing that can happen with this communication style is they will take a misunderstanding that has happened with somebody and then build an entire case around it, a whole truth, a whole narrative without figuring out if that misunderstanding is even true or not. So let's say perhaps you're a passive communication style and the idea of confrontation is just so alarming to you and just so repelling that you are determined to not speak up about something. And you've got a situation with a friend where you've reached out to them a handful of times and they haven't responded. And you've said things like, hey, I wanted to see if you wanted to get coffee or you know, do you want to come to book club with me or whatever? You've reached out a couple of times or, hey, I heard you had COVID. Hope you're hope you're hanging in there. And you don't hear anything back. Instead of actually addressing the problem that you have or the misunderstanding that might be happening that you are now building a case around, the passive communication style will typically just ghost. They will peace out. They will not address it, right? Instead of getting the information that you need to inform that relationship. So reaching out to that person and saying exactly what's there for you. Like, hey, I've reached out to you a handful of times and I'm concerned that I haven't heard back from you. Is everything okay on your end? I certainly hope that you're not upset with me in some way, right? Like say exactly what's there, not doubling down on, hey, do you want to come down to book club? That's not the problem you have. The problem you have is their lack of response. So that's what you need to communicate about. Okay. So can often lead to resentment. Misunderstandings can really get amplified and blown out of proportion. They will use statements frequently like, 
I don't like confrontation. I just want everyone to get the get along. I need to keep the peace. And I think this warrants discussing that that could have been a communication style that kept you safe in your childhood, formative years, or college or early adulthood. It could be that you learned how to be passive because speaking up was dangerous or unsafe or it was something that you learned as a survival mechanism as you were growing up maybe dealing with really volatile parents or aggressive siblings. So just know that that passive communication can be indicative of a fear response, right? That is essentially flight or freeze. It is it is opting out of the fight. It's opting out of really handling it. But it again, it's rooted in a place of fear but in a way of self-preservation, I do this because it was what I knew. It's what I learned. And then compound that with the fact that we're never fucking taught how to actually communicate, which is why I'm so incredibly emphatic about it. The other thing I'll say about confrontation is nobody really fucking likes confrontation except the aggressors. And we'll talk about them here in a second. Usually, they don't like it that much either. It's just all the all they know. It's the only tool that they have. So a majority of us out there, even those of us who've really worked on assertive communication, still don't fucking like confrontation. <laughs> it's still not the best. It's not like, I can't wait. So just know that part of this process is feeling uncomfortable and still choosing the courageous action. Okay. I also did a podcast a while ago on confrontation. So we will specifically link to that in the show notes as well. Another way to kind of identify somebody being a passive communicator is staying quiet when somebody criticizes you unjustly. So we're not talking about constructive stuff or feedback. We're talking about when they maybe say something that's not okay with you and everything in your body goes oh my God, that fucking hurt, or that was rude, or that was unjustified. And the choice is to say and do nothing. So again, to my earlier point, that reconfirms in your mind that their voice is more important than yours. Another thing they may do is not speak up when somebody leaves them very much out of the conversation, maybe not addressing them uh, in a business meeting, let's say. They're being completely left out. They may not say, hey, I've got something to contribute here, or I'd appreciate if you directed your questions towards me, considering I'm the decision maker, right? Like, So it could be something like that. Going along with someone else's plans when you wish you were really doing something else, We've talked about that sort of a concept many times in the show. And sometimes, but not always, a passive communication style may have more of a meek or a deflated body posture. That's not always the case. Like I mentioned earlier, sometimes they're very animated and demonstrative and gregarious with their movements. And the passiveness shows up in other ways. But there are those who just sort of shrink out of sight. And that's the part of the that fleeing 
right? The fight, flight, freeze fawn. It's low. I'm uncomfortable. Let's just disappear. Like if you've seen (laughs) that meme floating around where Homer Simpson like disappears into the bush, that's kind of the essence of what's happening there. So before we continue on, I wanted to ask a quick favor from you. Do you ever listen to the pod, and I think this might happen for you, where you think, damn, I really wish so-and-so could hear this. Maybe it's your coworker who could actually use a lesson or two on boundaries, or maybe it is a women's group that you're a part of where everyone is super on board for speaking up for themselves, but nobody really knows what that really sounds like. Okay, where here's where you come in. I have three battle-tested and badass keynote speeches that are ready to be delivered to your company, organization, group, association. So if you, your community, or anyone you know could benefit from me rocking the mic, like who can use some new tools, right? Please send them over to amygreensmith.com slash speaking where you or they can message me directly about specific needs for the audience. Shocker, the three keynotes are focused around speaking up, contending with fear, and accessing enoughness. And all three of them can be delivered either in person or virtually, and of course can be completely customized for specific audience needs. So again, simply send them to amygreensmith.com dot com slash speaking where they can get in touch with me because listen it is time that women everywhere have the tools necessary to use their voice take up space and advocate for their wants needs and opinions like yesterday and if you end up orchestrating an opportunity for me to speak with your group you will officially get unlimited squeezes from me (laughs) And I'm sure you're all in now. And be sure to let them know that I can always temper my colorful language if needed. And thank you. Before we continue, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and you know I'm a huge fan of therapy. I like to say if you don't think that you need therapy, then you probably need therapy. Because listen, without a healthy mind, being really, truly happy and at peace can really be a challenge. But the good news is that therapy really does work. So whatever you need help with, it is time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better, okay? Because you deserve to be happy. Here's the deal. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Hello, introverts. I see you out there. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They have over 20,000 therapists in their network, which gives you way, way more options than your immediate geographical area. And it's also available for clients worldwide. Much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in less than 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. In fact, a member of my family just started and totally loves it. It is always a good time to invest in yourself because you deserve it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Bold Face Truth podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com. 
dot com slash bold truth. That's better com slash bold truth. Or enter the code bold truth at checkout again to save 10% off your very first month. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so let's talk about if you are passive, what the fuck do I do? And then if I'm dealing with somebody passive, what the fuck do I do? If you are someone who tends toward this method of communication, I want you to start with an inventory of what you complain most about and with whom, specifically with whom. Are there people in my life that I get so worked up about, even if I don't express it, it's an internal thing. This can also manifest as rumination where you're constantly thinking about what that person said to you, what you wish you would have said. This was me. I did this so much. So the very assertive person that you listen to <laughs> did not always behave that way. I really had to learn these skill sets and learn what that sounded like for me in my actual speech. So just know that this is a skill set that you can absolutely learn. And most likely, your communication style has been built off of a defense mechanism that you probably no longer need. Okay, so we're going to start with taking an inventory of who are the people in my life that frustrate the fuck out of me, that I get the most upset about, that I then maybe turn to other people and talk about how frustrated I am with that person, but I never really talk to the person who can make a change, who can actually move the needle in regards to this grievance that I have. Now, once you have started to identify, okay, here are the situations where I get really frustrated, but I don't say anything. So perhaps it is I get really upset with my boss routinely and regularly, but I bitch about, I bitch about them to my coworker or to my sister chronically over and over again. Now, sometimes we just need to vent. We need to expel energy. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about something that you have a grievance around that you are routinely upset by that you choose not to be vocal about. You operate under perhaps one of those idioms of, I don't like confrontation. Let's sweep it under the rug. I just need to keep the peace, rock the boat, blah, 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 all of that. Then once we have identified those places, then it becomes about practicing assertive communication style. And we are going to talk about that in part two next week, okay? Now, if you are engaging with somebody who is a passive communicator, a lot of what this is about is fostering an element of safety. So if you are highly aggressive towards somebody passive, they are going to retreat even further. So your best bet is to leverage vulnerability with this person. And what I mean by that is expressing the importance of their opinions to you. Anytime we take sort of the business out of the conversation and we start using empathy and vulnerability, we are far more likely to create a safe space. So what that might sound like is saying, you know, I really, 
truly value your input on this team, in this family, in this marriage, whatever. I really love you. I really value you. Something that is emotionally vulnerable where you're talking about how that person matters to you. And I get this sense sometimes that there are things that you may really feel strongly about or would like to share. And I just want to make sure that I'm always giving you that opportunity to be a safe place to land. Okay, so that would be an offering or an invitation to somebody who tends to be passive to pull them in, right? To invite them in and say, hey, this is actually safe. Okay, it's essentially letting them know that they aren't going to be punished for speaking their truth. So it might sound something like, you know, I really want to make sure that you're comfortable over this holiday weekend. So I genuinely would love to know what you would like to do. What What is your ideal situation? And this can't be a trap, y'all. This can't be a way where you can't wait to tell them all the things that they are wrong about. <laughs> this cannot be a trap. It genuinely has to be this is a safe place for you to to land, okay? So there's a, a, a very comprehensive deep dive into the passive communication style, aka the people pleasers. Now let's talk about sort of the exact opposite, which is the aggressive communication style. I like to call this the fighters. These are the people who bulldoze their way through a conversation. And it can be just statement of fact in their mind, like, well, that's just how it is. It could be something like that, all the way to strong arming, manipulating, violent, being aggressive. So the thing that I want to illuminate first and foremost about aggressive communication styles is you need to discern very early on connecting with this person, which side of the spectrum are they on? Is it a situation where Perhaps if I'm visualizing this in my head, perhaps on sort of the left end of the spectrum is somebody who just doesn't know how to work with emotional intelligence. They're not sure how to work with vulnerability. They, it's, they've simply never been given the tools. So they state everything in much more of an affirmative tone. Like, well, that just doesn't make sense. Or that's not the nature of the economy at the moment. And everything is much more of an absolute versus the far right end of the spectrum would be somebody who's outright violent. Okay. So again, there's that that spectrum of people who may employ this communication style. Let's look at how they may come across. A lot of times speaking in a loud and very demanding voice, it can also be flippant or dismissive. It doesn't always have to be incredibly loud or biting. It could just be aggressive in the content, not just in the tone. A lot of times there will be sort of a more of an intimidation or a putting on the spot by maintaining more of an intense eye contact. Sometimes there can be dominating and trying to control others. And they may use tactics like blaming, intimidating, criticizing, 
even threatening or attacking among some other things. Now, blaming is in a different category, I think. Blaming and criticizing, I think, are in a different category. Intimidating, threatening, attacking, I think that's much closer to the violent end of the spectrum. But I think there are many of us out there who, when we feel wronged, it is so much easier to blame the other person. If you weren't this way, then I wouldn't have to fill in the blank. That is technically manipulation. But I don't think many of us ever intend to be manipulative. I think we just have no fucking clue how to get our needs met, which we're actually going to be doing a series here in a couple of weeks where I'm going to bring on an expert specifically talking to you about needs, understanding our own needs and how to advocate for them. So just because you tend to blame <laughs> like your family of origin for how you feel about yourself these days or you blame an ex for the situation that you're going through with your family, it doesn't mean that, oh, well, you're an aggressive communicator. It doesn't mean that. It means do you default to that over and over and over again and fail to look at your role in the matter? Is there ownership? If someone is an extreme aggressive, it could be, it could fall into sort of a, a sociopathic or a narcissistic personality type. That's definitely more of an extreme. But I do think we see that out there. We definitely see that out there. So notice, does this person ever take ownership? Do they ever communicate in ways that aren't aggressive? Are they ever open to seeing how they could possibly improve? Those are all very key discernments there. They may, in some cases, use their physical body. I remember as somebody in my family would physically block another member of the family from doing whatever they needed to do. And that was a very aggressive communication style. It was using even the body or it could also be intimidation in the workplace or there is a, a an actual power pose that used in the right context can be incredibly amazing for an individual or in a more of an intimidating context, it could be incredibly detrimental. And it's sort of, it's almost like a gorilla stance where you kind of plant your arms on a table, almost like a gorilla. Now, in certain situations where you really need to demand the attention of the group that you're working with, that could be incredibly effective at asserting yourself. It could actually be an assertive communication style. But if you're doing that specifically to intimidate, specifically to demean, belittle, or threaten, then now we're moving into aggression, okay? And by and large, the reason why we're even fucking talking about this is a majority of these are ineffective. Assertive is really the only one that is consistently effective at bridging gaps and creating connection between people, okay? If somebody is more of an aggressive communicator, they can sometimes issue demands. They can ask questions that come off very curt or sharp or rude. 
and they may also fail to listen to others. There could be this notion of this is just the way that it is and tough shit for anybody who doesn't agree. Therefore, I just will simply not listen to you. So what the fuck do we do about this one? If you are the aggressor, if you tend towards an aggressive communication style, there is probably some deep work to do here, okay? I did a podcast a few weeks ago specifically on dealing with anger. I think there could be some real opportunity to dig into that. There has got to be a way to get to the bottom of what is causing routine outbursts or aggression towards other people. That episode, by the way, was episode 426. I also think there could be some work here on blame. I know I've mentioned this a handful of times already. I think it is one of the most brilliant books of our generation, if I do say so myself, and it is called Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. It is a true resource guide, a vade mecum of all things emotion. And if most people out there aren't super literate at the breadth of human emotion, we can default incredibly quickly to anger and blame. If this is you, please understand that you cannot be heard when you are being aggressive. People cannot listen and be contemplative and thoughtful if they are afraid. And I think truly what we all want, what we all really want is to just be heard, to be seen. And we can't do that if we are screaming and yelling or intimidating or constantly criticizing. And criticism is one of those ways, especially in intimate partnerships, whether it's familial or with a romantic partner, oftentimes we will criticize the things that are needs that are not being met. For example, you might criticize a partner for overworking, constantly working, constantly bringing their work home. And the need that is not getting expressed is how much you want to connect with them, that I want to be with you. I want us to grow our relationship. But instead of saying that, which is incredibly vulnerable and risky, we just criticize. So we use it as a method of armor. I cannot stress enough that if you are feared, that does not mean that you are being respected, truly heard, and that also limits your availability for genuine connection with other people. In the immediate term, breathe. If you find yourself getting into that incredibly elevated anger place, take a moment and just breathe. Remove yourself from the situation, table the argument. You've got to notice that you're doing it and remove yourself from it, okay? This is one of those things that typically calls for a deeper level of work, either a deep dive into assertive communication, working with a therapist, reading books on it, but it's not going to just change because, again, most of the time we develop these coping mechanisms 
in our youth. So this has been decades and decades of conditioning. So to start changing that is going to take some attention. Now, if you are engaging with somebody aggressive, safety is always 100% your first priority. It is not to get your point across. It is not to right a wrong. It is to make sure that you're, you are physically safe. Now, this can also be impactful if it's emotionally aggressive. Uh, a lot of times that will show up a little bit more as the passive aggressive communication style, which we'll touch on next week. But typically with an aggressive style, you need to make sure that you are not encompassed and enveloped by a sense of fear. Okay, that's the number one priority, period. Do not match the anger. If this is a person who is highly aggressive, but they're not necessarily violent, it's just more of sort of that left side of the spectrum that we were talking about, then you can match the intensity of the conversation, but not necessarily the anger. Okay, so a matching of intensity would be calling upon quite a bit of assertiveness, but not acrimony, not rudeness, not being bitter, not name calling, none of that, but matching their intensity with assertiveness. So what that might sound like is, I am happy to continue discussing this with you, but not if you speak to me in that manner. It is absolutely okay how you feel. It is not okay for you to speak to me like that. I am going to remove from myself from this situation. We can reconvene later, right? Like that's equally as powerful, but you're not name calling. You're not blaming. You're not saying you're always doing this or why do you da, da, da. You're not doing any of that. You are matching the intensity, but you're doing so in an assertive way, all right? So I'm hoping that this has been illuminating for you and that you are able to see if there are situations where maybe I am a bit more aggressive. I'm aggressive with my family, but I'm super passive with my bestie or with my workplace. And pay attention to those assignments around if you're passive or if you're engaging with someone passive, if you are aggressive or if you are engaging with someone aggressive. What are those few little steps that you need to take to start moving the mark there? We will be digging into the second two communication styles next week. We're going to talk about passive aggressive. Okay, we this one floats around a lot. And there are some really interesting things to know about this communication style. And then we're also going to talk about assertiveness. What does that really look like? And I'm going to give you a whole slew of things that you can say in order to amplify that assertiveness. Okay? And as always, I'm so grateful and honored to have you tuning in. And I will see you around these parts next week. Please don't forget, you are enough. Your voice matters. So go out there and speak your bold-faced truth. Okay, wait, 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 just one more thing. So these podcasts, it turns out, don't actually rate and review themselves. So I would be over the moon if you would leave a review, rate the show, 
subscribe, and tell anyone you know who needs to start speaking the fuck up for themselves. And if you do, I will give you a mini pig. Just kidding, but I will be so very incredibly grateful. Okay, thank you. Bye.